welcome to the 3Ls Podcast, where I, your host, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, am here to share thoughtful commentary and strategies to help you with the big 3Ls of life, living, learning, and loving. Each episode, join in as a different psychological or current hot topic is explored with the hope of helping you live well, learn something that aids in personal growth or understanding, and love yourself or others in a way that honors you. Are you a fan of nutrient-dense wellness too? Let me tell you all about one of my favorite sources of adaptogens, Four Sigmatic, who uses a variety of mushrooms in everyday products. Reishi, lion's mane, and shaga all have been shown to help with thinking, immune system support, and gut support. I use these plant-based products every day in my smoothies and coffee, and you can too. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BeWell at us.foursigmatic.com. Hi, and welcome back to the Three L's podcast. I hope that you have had a good past few weeks. So I wanted to go ahead and release this episode today because I loved it. It is such a treat for you. I have such an amazing guest that I think that you're going to find is so interesting and so helpful. With the holidays being here, if you're single especially, if you're in a relationship that's a little on the rocks or you're curious about, "Mm, is this the right relationship for me, then I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I have a relationship expert coming on to share all her tips and strategies with you. But just to give you a quick heads up, I plan to go ahead and start releasing more episodes with the start of this next year. Just uh, thank you for being patient and bearing with me. I'm going to be totally honest. I am solely focusing on my YouTube channel right now. I am a little bit obsessed with it. It has, I feel like I kind of found my, my flow, my niche. I like the long form content. And if you are a fan of psychological commentary of current events, if you love learning about anti-MLM content and scam exposures, then I think you really would love the YouTube channel. And it's called Dine in Psychology. So I've been following the Theranos case with Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know if you are also interested in that, but she is quite the character. Lots to unpack there. And so I've done a little series on YouTube. If you're into it, you love kind of learning the psyche behind people and why they do what they do. And, you know, are a little bit of a true crime-ish kind of fanatic like I am, then I think you'll enjoy the YouTube channel. But for the sake of today, let me go ahead and just get into who my guest is and what her background has been. Dr. Christy Kadarian is a nationally renowned relationship expert, and she specializes in helping clients create lives that they love and find love they deserve. She has an extensive career as a professional matchmaker and relationship expert for eHarmony and Match.com affiliate company. Christy has helped thousands of people really hone in on what they love, what's important to them, and not accept less than what they deserve. And that's something I'm such an advocate of. She is a triple Trojan receiving her bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degree 
at the University of Southern California in psychology and marriage and family therapy. She's also a radio host of the Lyrical Therapy Hour, and she's been a featured expert in ABC, NBC, Los Angeles Times, The Wall Street Journal, and Cosmopolitan, just to name a few. She's also a professional speaker. She provides trainings with the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, lives in Pasadena, California with her husband, and Cocker Spaniel, for all you dog lovers out there, which includes me. And she loves to play piano, write poetry, and ride her Peloton. I am so grateful that Dr. Kadarian came onto the podcast today. I feel like this is right in the nick of time, especially if, as I was saying, you're a single person right now in the world, maybe the loneliness has kind of crept in with the holidays kind of being right around the corner. Sometimes that desire to be with someone really can amp up. You know, I think about New Year's and just kind of all the societal things that go into wanting to be in a couple, in a relationship during this time, or, you know, maybe you're in a relationship and you're just not sure the direction it's heading. I think you're really going to enjoy this. So without further ado, let me just get right into it. And I cannot wait to be back in early January for regularly posted podcasts. All right, take care and enjoy. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. So I always find it really interesting because in our field, being in the field of psychology, there are so many different avenues that a person could go down. And so I just have to ask you, what kind of led you to relationships and dating? Yeah, I love that question. (laughs) I feel like our backgrounds can be so diverse and we can use them in so many different ways. So um, growing up, a lot of my like identities kind of revolved around like the family unit and relationships. So I'm Armenian as my cultural background. And so the family is kind of the central point of our culture. And so And then my faith background as a Christian too, is really like relationship based. So when I was interested in studying psychology, I started, I took a marriage and family therapy course in my undergrad at USC and I started doing research and it all kind of clicked for me. I know a lot Mm. of the talk to kind of have that moment of like, oh my gosh, like either their own experience or something just kind of made sense. And so for me, it was really marriage and family therapy and looking at um, people and their mental health through the lens of their relationships. And because I had had that experience in the development of my own identity. And so I just knew that I wanted to study marriage and family therapy. I had done some couples work in um, getting my hours. And then I really had found this opportunity to work at eHarmony as a matchmaker. And I felt really excited by that because I wanted to see how people meet rather than mm-hmm. relationship when it's on the outs and kind of be part of helping people meet people that are compatible so that they're not, you know, kind of in couples therapy, really struggling. Um, so that's kind of the, where it all got started. And it was amazing to work at eHarmony and see all the research from a psychologist who started it that goes behind compatibility, like what makes two people click. And mm. I think that one of the things I'm so passionate about is helping people see that 
we really overemphasize in pop culture and rom-coms and Hallmark movies, the art of falling in love. So it's like the chemistry, the meet cute, that moment, but then we don't talk about the science. And I really believe it's like an art and the science. We know that there's research behind, you know, what makes people last long-term. Um, and so I feel really passionate about kind of blending those things in, in my work today. And yeah, that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It sounds like it just really things kind of clicked into place for you. And I feel like every time I speak with a therapist, a psychologist, you know, it, it's kind of the same for all of us. It We have that moment where, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is exactly what I need to specialize in. So thanks for sharing. I love that. And, you know, okay. So Christy, I've got to just also affirm what you said. There is this big kind of societal push, you know, the rom-com, oh, I drop a loaf of bread at the grocery store. And then all of a sudden the one comes and finds me. So how do you find that people do and can kind of artfully meet? And what are your thoughts? I know you worked at eHarmony and match.com of course, but what are your thoughts on online dating? Just all of that. Yeah. So one of the things that I always say, and I'm kind of an advocate for online dating, we know from research in 2020 that 80% of couples that got into relationships met online, which to some people might not be as surprising because, you know, 2020, where were people supposed to meet? Yeah. Um, but it is quite surprising when you look at the trends over the years of mm -hmm. how people meet. Before that, the most common way that people met were through friends. That was the kind of highest percentage. And then now online dating just kind of took that leap. And we're seeing that I think most kids, I read something that around in 10 years, most kids that are born, their parents would have met online. So it's such a different world that we're living in with technology. And mm -hmm. I think that it gets kind of that bad reputation because nobody really wants a story that's not a Hallmark movie. Everyone wants this like story, this moment, and they focus too much on how you meet rather than meeting the right person person and the longer the end of the story kind of focus too much on the beginning rather than the end. Um, so one of the reasons I love online dating is because you can really learn a lot about somebody mm. before you actually meet them. Um, we also know from research that 7% of relationships that meet in the bar actually turn people that meet in the bar actually turn into relationships. So when people tell me, oh, they just want to meet in the real world or whatever, the statistics around that are not very high. And the reason for that is that we're just focusing on physical chemistry, mm. probably anything else about the person. Uh, because how can you have that conversation? We're just meeting at a bar or out. Um, so I think that's a really great shift that we're seeing. And um Part of that also in the research that we found is that people are way more interested in their people's emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. um, this year that topped the charge at charts as the number one thing that singles are looking for. Interesting. Full attraction for the first time like ever. Wow. <laughs> so some of these really meaningful trends that could lead to those longer lasting relationships that people are hoping for. And I think that's through the tool of online dating. And I use the word tools because you gotta know how to use it as a tool. If you're using it the wrong way, it's not gonna accomplish you know, what you're looking for. So those are my uh, long and short of my thoughts on online dating. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. It sounds like you are for sure an advocate of it. And with that being said, do you feel, I mean, I think that in, in maybe five, 10 years ago, there was a little bit of a stigma around online dating and it sounds like the research supports 
that many more people are using it, but do you, what are your thoughts? Just being so up close and personal in that world, do you feel like the, the stigma is starting to decrease? Yeah, I definitely think it's been, it's starting to decrease basically from last year. Um, Unexpected blessing was that of the pandemic was that it became more normalized. So Mm -hmm. people previously were online dating because of that stigma um, of, oh, you are going online because you couldn't meet someone elsewhere. It's kind of being removed because even now, if you go out, you know, most people where I live are still wearing masks. Yeah want a distance. So the likelihood someone's just going to come up to you. <laughs> they don't know if you're single. They don't know if you feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. A lot less. I think people are really seeing it as a viable option. And I think for me and what I really tell clients is that you have to find an app that fits what you're looking for mm-hmm. and the process of being really clear on what you're looking for and only kind of going through the apps with that in mind so that you're not kind of getting overwhelmed um, with the amount of options out there. Most definitely. So I agree a hundred percent. And especially, you know, COVID definitely changed so many of our lives. And I feel like the whole technological just jumping right in has really grown. So that doesn't surprise me. So, okay. We've talked about definitely the pros of online dating. And also I, I feel like you can meet a wider range of people potentially through online dating, but Christy, what are also some maybe potential downfalls and then how could people navigate the downfalls of online dating? Yeah, great question. So one of the biggest downfalls I see of online dating, besides the ones you hear about all the time, you know, being catfished and the yes. whole thing and the safety thing, all of those mm-hmm. things, obviously we know about those. The thing that I think is one of the biggest downfalls that if you don't know about this, you won't be able to outsmart <laughs> this, um, this thing that happens. And researchers call this the paradox of choice. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of re- on this in other areas, but I basically kind of translate it into dating is that they found when you have too many options, it takes a lot longer to choose one and you're less happier with your choice. So the analogy I use is if you go to like Cheesecake Factory, for example, it's restaurant. Mm Their menu is basically like an encyclopedia. There's like yes. 4,000 different things you can order at the GC factory. And so you're between all these decisions, you finally land on one, but the whole time you kind of have buyer's remorse. You're like, okay, should I have chosen the pasta instead of the tacos? And, you know, yes. anyway, and so these choices kind of overwhelm your satisfaction and they delay your ability to choose. Mm. Where you go to in and out depending on where you live in the right. world. In and out, they have three options. And typically when you go there, you know what you want. You're not really feeling like, oh, I should have gotten this other thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so taking that to online dating, we can have so many options and there could always feel like there's the grass is greener. What if there's someone else out there? So what we really have to do is retrain our brain around that and know that that's coming and know that really the grass is green where you water it. Yeah. yeah you're going to really have to work on finding that relationship um, and building it, building the relationship you want, rather than just having it come in that perfect package. So that's kind of a disclaimer kind Mm -hmm. of warning that I like to give people when they're online dating, because it can always feel like, oh, maybe there's someone else out there, but that's thinking is really going to derail your happiness long-term. 
Absolutely. And I, I think the decision fatigue is real. And it just, as you were talking, I was thinking about even having an overloaded closet, you know, it's kind of the same effect. So I definitely get it. I think that's great words of wisdom. How about um, any potential, I guess, red flags of folks, even whether online or offline in terms of dating, whether it's hot and cold behavior or just other things that you've noticed? Yeah. So one of the things that I always say to look out for is mm-hmm. just the frequency and style of communication. So yes. you really want to get a good read on that early on. So if someone is blowing up your phone and then there's some shift in that. So mm. first day, they're just like, you know, all the time. And then after the third day, you don't hear from them for a week. You're noticing that huge shift. Whereas mm-hmm you recognize, okay, someone's not a big texter, but they always call me and they're more consistent. So you're really looking for signs of consistency with that communication early on to know, you know, someone love bombing me, just kind of like, and then getting it out. So what I always recommend is kind of noticing that consistency over time. Mm -hmm. And you got to give it that time um, to, to wait so that you can really know that about a person. Um, Other red flags, just kind of like right off the bat Mm -hmm. are, we start saying negative things about a past relationship or even talking about a past relationship, that's a pretty um, big red flag because it kind of shows that they don't have another emotional container Mm. in therapy or didn't have a really place to process that. Um, Something I always tell, you know, because most of my clients are either in therapy or like therapy friendly, that if they're super anti-therapy, I think that's a red flag because maybe they don't need it in this season of their life, Mm -hmm. but later on, they might really benefit completely closed off to the idea of growth and development. That's a red flag there because you don't know what life is going to bring. And so those are a few things that I say to look out for, but it's really about noticing their character and how consistent that is over time. Most definitely. I love that, especially the consistency with communication and you said a word that is such a buzzword, but I feel like it's been around since the dawn of time and that is love bombing. And so can you speak a little bit more to what love bombing is, what it looks like, you know, cause I, I do hear these incidents come up quite frequently and the term come up. Totally. So love bombing is this term that basically someone kind of goes very intensely in their pursuit mm-hmm. of you know, a potential partner or significant other in the dating process. And one of the reasons that I think it's so um, enticing to people when they look back, they're like, well, why, why did I get into this situation? Yes. We've dealt with so much of the opposite, the other side, the pendulum swings the other way where you're not getting the text back. People are ghosting you. Mm -hmm. You're not getting any connection. So then when someone comes along and is kind of giving you everything that you have wanted, it feels very um, like you really want to explore that. And that's understandable. But what we really have to do is notice, is it really, are they talking about you in ways that it's clear that they don't really know you yet. They're just saying things like the idea of you. So um, someone who's love bombing can give you a lot of compliments. Just talk about how amazing you are. Like, you know how, how amazing you are, but they don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 
any of those really uh, discrepancies that come up, just stay very aware of that. It's really nice, but a compliment is only a compliment if someone truly knows what they're complimenting. But anyone can just say something in order to get that connection um, or get that buy-in so that you invest and then they can change their behavior later on. So what I always say is just stay really aware. If they're saying things like um, talking about your future together. Yes. Um, what we're not, you know, we're not together yet. How can we talk about our future? Right. They're all things that you want to hear, but you want to hear them from the right person at the right time in the dating process. So really pay attention. Like, is this me? Could this really be said about me or could anyone else be interchanged in this line? And always notice the consistency, allow a lot of time to go on. Love bombers cannot stay (laughs) for that long of time. So if you give it more time and pace it at your pace, those people will come off you like, (laughs) like a bug to repel it. So that's really what I recommend allowing the levels of connection, physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual to go at the same pace together. Don't let physical speed up. And then you don't know enough. You have the emotional connection. That's right. You want to be in the right relationship. So those are some of my warning signs um, around love bombing. Yeah, that's so valuable because I definitely think, especially if someone's in a season of life where they feel really lonely and here they have this person come in and bestow them with all of this attention and text messages. You know, the one interesting tactic I've noticed about some love bombers is the influx of communication. It seems like it comes in strong and incessant. And, you know, I always give this example of one of my closest friends, you know, she had gone through a situation with total love bomber narcissist. And, you know, she'd go to a meeting and come back to her phone. And there was like 20 text messages where he, the person wasn't having a conversation with her. He was just firing them off. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever seen something of that nature, but just the constant stream of communication and then it falls off. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The reason that that's kind of the (laughs) approach is Mm -hmm. because you can kind of bombard you, then you can't see above that, you know, smoke, basically, you can't see through that, you can't think your own thoughts, because they're just kind of overwhelming them. And that's where people really get caught up. So it's like, you don't even have time to process to sit and reflect on what you really want, what you want to ask, Mm -hmm. what your thoughts are. And that's where we get stuck in that, um, they're in that trap there. Yeah. It just feels so overwhelming. So you kind of just go with it. So I noticed that one of your main platforms is really helping people create lives that they genuinely love and then helping people find love that's meaningful. And with all of your work, have you ever, you know, what are, 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 well, I'm sure you've noticed this, but what are your thoughts on why sometimes people accept less than what they really truly deserve? Yeah, I love that question. Mm. One of the things that I always say in the work that I do is that ultimately when we are creating the life that we love, and I use that term creating intentionally because I don't believe in this idea that you're going to arrive fully and you're going to fully love yourself. And then you're going to find the right person because that creates this dynamic that we have to achieve a certain kind of love. We have to have arrived mm-hmm. we're, we're in the illusion of like perfection, which we're all a work in progress. Yes. Um, 
But what I believe is that when we're being really intentional about creating the life that we love within all these different areas, I use the wheel of health. So it's like spiritual, environmental, intellectual, mm. relationally, in all of these areas we're kind of investing and pouring into, then we're kind of up-leveling the type of relationship that can enter in our lives because we're creating this life holistically that we really love. And if someone's going to fit in that, they're going to also invest and pour into both themselves and your relationship bank in the same way. And so when you're doing that, you're noticing like, oh, well, I'm treating myself this way. I'm doing these things intentionally to Mm. build care of myself and grow. And someone that is not going to do that is going to be a huge contrast. They're going to stick out like a sore thumb in this life. But if you're not doing that, then it's a lot easier to accept a different kind of relationship because you're going to say, oh, well, I don't really notice that stark contrast because I have friends that aren't, you know, treating me right. And I have, mm-hmm. I'm not treating myself right. So that's where I think that growth and intentionality is so important in creating that life that we love. And then it's going to be a seamless transition into the right kind of relationship. And it's also going to be a huge red flag. You know, those red flags are going to be very red, like Taylor Swift red yes. in your life, because it's going to be like, oh, well, I really recognize that because everything else in my life is looking this way, that that's not going to come as easily. A lot of people find themselves being like, how did I end up in this relationship or how did I end up here? And I think the answer to that is we haven't been doing that other creation. So the holistic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the bouncer didn't kick them out because we were, the party was not, you know, wasn't super healthy already. So that's kind of where that motto comes from and what I really help clients create. And I think that's beautiful, especially the whole concept of really taking focus of multiple areas of life and even practicing self-compassion because who you are when you're maybe in your early twenties versus in your thirties is going to look a lot differently. That's the one thing sometimes I notice with, with clients and just people in general is beating themselves up for maybe choosing a less desirable partner, feeling like they've wasted so much time with that person. So what are your thoughts on that? It is, you know, spending time with a relationship that maybe wasn't the healthiest. Is it a waste of time? How could somebody reframe that? And just your thoughts in general. Yeah, I love that question because I think that's the number one thing that people don't recognize is that they really have to forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we think, oh, this person did this to me and I have to forgive them because they're horrible, but I can't because I'm so angry at them. But really a lot of that anger and mistrust is like, we don't trust ourselves. We're like, how did I let that person do that to me? Like I'm, my ticker must be off. These are all things Yes. often say. And I love the work of self-compassion. We do that the first thing in my program. That's like the first exercise. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that really helps to set up this, like, okay, I really forgive myself. I bought into this misunderstanding. I love the work of Kristen Neff um, in Mm -hmm. that you can really move through that and say, okay, now, you know, I forgive myself and have compassion for that younger version uh, for even if it didn't happen like so long ago, but just forgive yourself because you had an idea in your mind and you were operating out of that. And now you know that like your new truth is, this, or, you know, that I can make different choices or I can find a relationship that 
fulfills all of these things. So I think that's really the foundational level work because otherwise you're just going to keep kind of not trusting yourself in future relational decisions. And that's going to lead to more guilt, more shame, and more feeling of, I don't deserve better because I don't know how to pick them or I keep making the same pattern or mistake. So that work is really profound and important to do. Yes, I agree. And, you know, to me, shame never elicits changes. Shaming only only can keep a person completely stuck. And so, yeah, so really reframing that. I think that's, that's wonderful. That's a message that needs to be blurted out there, blared out there all the time. Well, I know that you also have kind of some soul work and strategy for finding the one. And then, you know, maybe before we get to that, I just also want to pick your brain really quick. What are your thoughts on finding your a soulmate or versus finding the person who you love and you want to spend the rest of your life with? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love that question. My program's obviously called Find the One. So I get that question all the time. Like, oh, okay, like you believe in soulmates. Yeah. I always say, I don't believe in soulmates the way that, you know, we kind of talk about them, Mm. movies and all all of that. Um, It it creates this illusion that a soulmate, it like arrives on your doorstep. They're perfect fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, they just, it just works. And it takes out that kind of agency of a soulmate is really created. That connection is it's finding someone that you love working towards that relationship that you both desire. And you can kind of soulmates are created is what I say, mm-hmm. <laughs> arriving in a certain way, because I think when we think like that, it's a lot easier to say, oh, well, we don't agree on this thing, or we don't align here. So they're not my soulmate because my soulmate wouldn't fill in yes. the the reality of that is it really takes out your own agency in building a relationship that you love because a relationship is really about a dynamic. And so you can contribute to that dynamic through showing up and finding someone that shows up and does the work as well. Mm. So really looking for and building, I always say it's like, there's always whoever you build, show up and build that relationship with um, that you desire. And so it's really about not focusing on, you know, someone just dropping, you know, Santa just dropping some. <laughs> yeah. It's on the nice list. It's really about you um, showing up, doing the work yourself and connecting with someone that you can build that connection with long-term. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because once again, I think that there is heavy messaging surrounding, you know, your perfect match. You either find the one or you don't, or the one that got away, all those trendy catchphrases that we hear. And from what you're telling us, and I agree, you, you got to cultivate it. You have to kind of really give it your best effort in many ways and see, is this going to be a compatible match? Exactly. And just knowing that no one's perfect, like mm-hmm. no one as the perfect package. Um, and there, it's going to require that work. And I always say it's more important to look for someone who's willing to grow than someone that feels like they're arrived in multiple ways because the life changes, things happen, but someone who has that growth and commitment to growth mindset is really the person you want to be in that adventure with, not someone that thinks they've arrived or yes. arrived because life changes a lot. And so you want a partner that's going to roll with those punches. 
So well said. Of course, they can't, you can't see me on the podcast, but I was just nodding my head because that's so, that's so on point is understanding that we are all growing and to find a partner who's willing to grow with you and receive feedback and have those hard conversations because nobody is just ready made in, the, in a perfect package. So I love that. Well, um, what would be other final or you just in kind of starting to wrap up little final um, reminders for people as they navigate either the holiday season, whether they're single or if they really want to embark on a new relationship, but are feeling a little nervous about it, all, all the above kind of a double layered question, but what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, kind of going into my framework with the soul work and strategy, yeah. typically I'll find that when clients come like to work or go through our program, they're either really heavy on one thing, the soul work or the strategy, one thing mm-hmm. or the other. So either they're like really into doing their own deep work. They're really in therapy. Most of my clients are in therapy, co- coaching clients are in therapy and with other therapists and they are doing a lot of that work, but then they haven't kind of gone into the action phase or they haven't really gone into like applying a strategy to kind of get their result as well. And so what they really need to do is start kind of dipping the toe in the water, um, allowing all that work to um, to start getting that practice with all the work you've done, trusting that, you know, you don't have to be completely arrived somewhere to find love, um, and know that it's a work in progress. A lot of times the re- the healing happens in the context of relationships and mm-hmm. some of those triggers you've been working on in real time, you know, having that support to process them, you kind of want to have that, some of that practice. Uh, one of my favorite quotes by Ram Das is if you think you've ever, if you think you're enlightened, like go spend a week with your family. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, right you know, <laughs> on your own little in That's your own awesome. world and then you oh I'm so enlightened I've done the work I feel great but you're not really you know going getting in the game and seeing in that messiness of relationships seeing how that work plays out and doing that work on the deeper level so I always encourage those people to ste- take those steps towards strategy it doesn't have to be like you download 50 dating apps and <laughs> you're like going crazy but just start taking some little steps into the action and practicing all that work that you've done um and then the people on the other hand that are like all strategy like swiping on 50 apps and <laughs> googling you know all the info and mm-hmm. um going on dates, like their, their interviews or whatever. Um, I encourage those people to lean a little bit into the soul work and say, okay, what am I hoping that finding a relationship is going to give me? And how can I start filling that right now? Like during the holidays. So if it's that love and connection and loneliness, maybe that cover of shame that if I just tell my family I'm dating, then, then they'll, they'll be okay. They'll accept me and love Mm. me. How can I kind of give that to myself, that acceptance, that forgiveness, those things that you kind of need to work on and then allowing that process to unfold. I always say you can't control the timing and the chemistry of when you meet that person, but you can control your sensory. You can have the intentionality. You can do the deeper work, Mm -hmm. put that action in place so that all of those things are moving. Then when those missing, when the missing puzzle piece comes, you're going to be like ready because you're working on your side of the street too. So 
that's always what I kind of recommend if they're leaning one way or another. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I love what you shared about how healing can take place in the context of your relationship and you can continue relationships to me. It is holding a mirror up to your face and showing you the things that you're doing well at, but also the things that you need to improve upon. If you allow it to happen, it can be so rewarding, you know, not to sound so corny and cliche, but it really can be when you find your person to trust in them, to give you that feedback and help you be a better person. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. The final last question, my pointed final last question is how long do you think, or is there a specific amount of time that somebody should wait after a breakup before getting involved with someone else? Yeah, I have somewhat of a controversial answer to this. Yeah. So typically I recommend that if someone, if you're asking like, oh, I think I should get out there again, or maybe I should get out there again, then likely that's the time. Okay. People think that getting out there again kind of has to be this big like shift and like, okay, now I'm out there and I have to find the right relationship when Mm -hmm. really about like testing the waters. Maybe you just download an app and swipe, but you're not like matching with anyone. Or maybe you're just, you know, you just kind of want to get some of that exposure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. therapy of like exposure response prevention, like you kind of want some of that exposure to help you with that big feeling of like, oh my gosh, another relationship. A lot of people that are coming out of relationships had some relationship trauma or mm-hmm. that you need some of that exposure. Hopefully you're in you know therapy or some kind of support that you're getting while you're doing that. Otherwise it's going to be, it's kind of that closet you never clean. It's like, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yes. And lot harder to start tackling it. So if you kind of take it one piece at a time, you're going to allow yourself to lean or like kind of ease into the process. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I love about online dating with all those choices, it can also kind of get you into that mindset, like, oh, that person wasn't the last person on earth. There's so many people out there and it kind of opens up those possibilities for your mindset. Whereas a lot of times if people haven't done online dating or, you know, are coming out of relationship, they feel like, oh, my, all my love and happiness was in that person and I can never recreate it. And that's just not true. It's in you and you can recreate it with anyone at any time, but just being open to that and knowing, oh, wow, there's a lot of people out there that I could create a great relationship with is sometimes really healing. Um, So I don't really have a timeline, but if you know yourself and you're starting to ask that question, processing it, maybe in therapy, then it might be a good time to just test the waters. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I I love what you said. I feel like that's so complimentary to, you know, if you feel like it's the right time, go for it, test the waters, but continue to holistically build up those other areas of your life so that maybe the same patterns aren't being repeated, uh, same relationships are happening, and you're just making the choices that feel healthiest to you. So I feel like everything is so complimentary, you know, in what you've shared today. How can folks follow up with you if they want to even learn more about your program that you offer and just get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, the date Dr. Christy. And then I, you can check out our, our website, therapyfordating.com. Um, I have my free guide um, and I'll share that with um, you guys in the show notes too. That sounds great. Discovering which dating app is right for you. So that's a great place to start to just kind of see and make sure you're, you're on a 
a dating app that feels aligned with your values and what you're looking for in a person. Um, and yeah, we have our find the one program. Um, it's a three month program. We go through the mindset matching strategy and how to meet the right person, talk about all these things more in depth and have mm-hmm. coaching from therapists. And we kind of review your dating profile, see your messaging. We give you kind of our roadmap. What oh, questions that's cool red flags, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, you can reach out and get more info uh, through the website or through Instagram. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. It sounds like such a great program. I love it. (laughs) Well, any final words of encouragement for a listener? Yeah. So I would say just like the fact that you're listening to this podcast is such a great sign that you're in, you're doing that work yourself. You're being really intentional about that. And I think just grounding that in action, if you're more of a listener and and kind of consumer of the work is going to be really important and also allowing the process of dating to be more reflective and Mm. allow to reflect on your own process rather than a reflex. So we don't want just to be like swipe, 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 and, and not really be thinking about our own self in this process. And really, like Rachel said, like that mirror experience of like, how is this lean, how is this leading me towards more of who I want to be or not? And how do I kind of navigate that process in a way that helps me to grow rather than kind of all the negative things that we know from being on the internet in general? Yes having a safe place to process that I always encourage the work and doing that work in therapy and um, obviously feel free to reach out but just really allowing yourself to reflect on the process can ultimately lead to the growth that you're looking for beautiful what a way to wrap it up give give some hope for as we move into this new year after such a stressful year Christy thank you so much for being here I really appreciate you Thanks so much Rachel yes. thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the three L's today. Catch up with me on Instagram at Rachel Andine Counseling, where you can contact me about a topic or follow up on today's episode. As always, the information provided in this episode is for educational purposes only and not intended to treat or diagnose. Reach out to your own medical or legal provider for assistance and individualized care. Here's to the three L's and being empowered to make decisions that work for you in your life.